You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, Hot Take Hot Box episode 103. My name is Matt McSweeney joining you here on Friday, November 4th. The Phillies have let the lead in the World Series slip through their fingers. They are now down 3-2, forced to travel to Houston and win two games in order to claim the franchise's third title in the long 140-year history that has existed since their inception and first season in 1883. Uh, The Phillies are up against it. You know, we, we will get into all of that. The Eagles were able to travel to Houston and take care of business, hopefully a precursor for our Phillies. But the Texans do not provide the same challenge that the Houston Astros do for our Phillies. So we will get into all that. And James Harden is out for a month with a foot injury that I'm sure about 10% of the people who listen to this actually were have been watching the Sixers or paying attention to what has been going on. So we will get into a little bit of everything while we are here, starting with Game 3, which was a huge, seemingly gigantic swing game in this series. You thought if you win this, you're putting yourself in the driver's seat in perfect position to take care of business and actually win this goddamn thing. And the Phils came out and absolutely looked like the Phils of this entire playoffs at home and completely dominated that game from start to finish. Uh, Ranger was electric. He was on fire. He gave you five strong. Bryce Harper hit a home run in the first inning. Uh, and it was up, we were up 2 nothing, and then that was it. Like it, it, it was smooth sailing after that. Home run after home run after home run. Brandon Marsh, Schwarber, Hoskins, everyone had a hand in what was going on there on Tuesday night. And it felt like here, like that's the thing. Had I recorded this podcast that day or immediately after that game, you'd be hearing me pounding my chest saying how great that game was and how consequential it was because it was huge. You thought after that game, oh, these guys can't fuck with us. There is literally no no way they're going to do anything here in Philadelphia. We came out. McCullers is supposed to be one of their, you know, one of their top dogs, and he was just floating curveballs and tipping pitches the entire game. It seemed like because everyone in our lineup knew what was happening or knew what was going on. If the, I mean, he, you know, Harper hits one. He goes gets Bohm, tells him what's going on. Then Bohm hits one. It was just it, it was a part, absolute party in Citizens Bank Park, and rightfully so because the Phils were able to cruise. They didn't have to use a lot of their, you know, top line of the pitchers. You know, no no Dominguez, no Alvarado, an easy coast win. And you're up 2-1 and you have Nola going on the mound the next night. And it didn't matter who was pitching. Prime Roger Clemens, it, you know, like you can name all these guys. Cy Young himself. It, it didn't matter cuz then they come out the next night and they get no hit for the second time in the history of the World Series. Someone threw a no-hitter, and it was a combined no-hitter for the Houston Astros, starting with Christian Javier, who was 
seemingly untouchable. It looked like he was throwing 99, but it was just popping out of his hand. He had control, all of his off-speed stuff, and he was getting guys out left and right all night long. And then they went, you know, it, it, it got away from Nola in, I think, the fourth inning. And all of those runs kind of just slipped right through, you know, single, 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 bases loaded. Then you bring in Alvarado, and he hits Alvarez. And then Bregman, you know, everyone kind of just had a little bit of a little piece in the action there. And before you know it, you turn around, you're back down 5 nothing. It's just, uh, it, it was absolutely heartbreaking and crushing after what had happened the night before. For you to turn around and throw up a complete dud like that in this game was just, you know, Real Muto has been very bad in this World Series. There's no sugarcoating it. I mean, Hoskins as well, for the most part. Uh, you know, I mean, no, and honestly, no one was good on Wednesday night. It, it, it just was, it was awful. Boom. Three Ks, Castellanos. Three Ks, Harper. Two Ks, Ramuto. Three Ks. You know, it's they combine for fourteen strikeouts, and you got pitching from Christian Javier, Rafael Montero, Brian Abreu, and Ryan Presley to shut it out, and three walks the whole game, and that's it. It's just, you know, listen. Uh, it goes down in the book as a loss. Doesn't matter that you didn't get a hit in the grand scheme of things. And truly, these games, for the most part, have been singular in in the sense that they don't really bleed into each other, right? You know, I mean that's very evident from Tuesday and Wednesday. You hit five home runs in one game. You are absolutely dominant at the plate offensively, and then the next night, you know that doesn't carry over whatsoever, and you literally get no hit. And then, you know, you're hoping, okay, so, you know, game five will be different. It will bounce back to our side. We will be okay. And maybe we can, you know, turn this thing back around. And, you know, the, I would like to sit here and blame our pitching. You know, I'd like to blame Nola. I'd like to blame Wheeler, our, our horses, our big dogs, for somewhat letting us down here in this World Series and uh, in these, la- you know, Nola in these last few starts now, it seems like it's just he's hit an absolute brick wall and has run out of gas, somewhat similar to the way Wheeler has. And maybe that has a lot to do with the fact that we only have these two guys to count on. Uh, you know, Suarez has kind of come into his own, and that's the only thing you can feel good about, that hopefully if they get the ball to him in Game 7, that, you know, I, I guess we will get there when we get there. But this is it, it's just completely shifted uh my 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 feelings and my thoughts this this momentum has completely flipped on a dime and it it's just now like now we're in a life or death situation on Saturday night tomorrow with you know a wheeler on the mound whose arm wasn't ready to go in game 5 which we could have really used and now he has that extra couple days of rest and we hope that he's got some pop left uh Larry Boa was reporting, you know, reporting, but I heard somebody talking about him saying that his bullpen looked good the other night. So, you know, the other day, I, I, that's just where, I, you know, that's how desperate I am. I'm hoping this guy's bullpens look good. I've lost complete confidence in Zach Wheeler or Aaron Nola, and we will talk about the possibilities of all when we get there. But first, we must talk about last night's heartbreaking game 
five. Verlander goes five strong, walks four guys. He only had six Ks. Um, he didn't. He did not have his best stuff. He was having trouble placing pitches. He had, got himself into a couple jams, especially in that second inning. He had the bases loaded and Hoskins struck out. Uh, I mean, the first the first at bat of the game, Schwarber hit a home run in the right field seats to tie the game after Syndergaard had run himself into a little bit of trouble opening the game. Altuve hit one off the wall. Marsh misplayed the ball. Looking, there was a couple misplayed balls here uh, in this game that you know you can argue cost the Phillies. Uh, Marsh went to go reach for the ball, but looked up and did you know missed it. So Altuve was able to take third. Pena then knocks one through to take the lead. He is then uh, thrown out on a strike him out, throw him out to you know get the two outs, and then Syndergaard's able to get out of that inning. He had four Ks in the in his three plus innings. Uh, you know you can argue whether it was a mistake or not to bring him out for that beginning of the fourth inning for the at bat with Jeremy Pena. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not sure because event. I mean, I guess. He wasn't going to have much left in the tank anyway, but you were trying to get as much as you possibly could out of him before you went and got him. And I don't really blame Topper for leaving him in there for one more at-bat. He was doing good in the at-bat. He kind of just hung a breaking ball right in the lower half of the plate. And Jeremy Pena has been awesome. He took advantage of it and just roped it into the left-field seats. That gives the Astros the 2-1 lead. Later on, they take a 3-1 lead on a misplayed ball. The infield is brought in, which was brought in on the first run as well, which was a little bit questionable. But uh, Jordan Alvarez grounds one down to uh, Reese Hoskins, and Reese Hoskins, again, you know, like, like Marsh did, takes his eye off of the ball, which is like the most basic thing they teach you when you're learning how to play baseball when you're younger. But these guys are professionals, and they're the best. So sometimes I feel like they think they're, you know, they get a little bit too confident and trying to make too much of a play as opposed to just getting the ball in your glove. You have no chance unless he, you know, fields that ball cleanly and took his eye off the ball, misplays it, runs scores, and the Phillies are now down 3-1, digging themselves an even deeper hole than they were already in. Then they bounce back. Uh, Montero comes into the game. Castellanos works a walk. Boom strikes out. Stott walks. So now it's first and second, no outs. Or, I'm sorry, first and second, one out, obviously, because Boom just struck out. Wake up, Matt. But Segura ropes one into uh, right field. It scores Castellanos. So now you have first and third. It's a one run game, and there's one out. And now you have Brandon Marsh coming to the plate. Ryan Presley is brought into the game because Montero was did not have his best stuff, was getting hit around a little bit. And Marsh strikes out in one of the least competitive at-bats of, it seems like, the entire game. He All he had to do was, uh, at the very least, put the ball in play. I mean, I, I would have taken the double play at that point rather than a strikeout, it seemed like, because then we could have had the inning start off with, uh, the top of our order. I know it's a stupid thing to say, but I mean, at the very least, you have to put the ball in play because then you force Schwarber to. Ha- he has to get a hit, and you know he grounds right into Trey Trey Mancini's uh, glove, which he was just luckily standing in the right spot. That ball was absolutely smoked, and the ball just ate him alive. But he happened to just be there and make the play. 
Marsh just that that was it seemed to me like the turning point of I mean obviously the real turning point is when Hoskins can't get a, a run out of that bases loaded situation when it's one one. They have guys warming up in the Astros bullpen. You can get Verlander out of there. They're obviously worried. They don't like the stuff that he has. And that kind of just gave him the confidence that he needed uh, with that strikeout. And then he kind of cruised for a couple of the innings afterwards. But, I mean, there's, you can point to so many different things. A lot of these guys did not come up big in, in big spots. And it, there's a lot of blame that can go around to all of these different guys. But that, that Brandon Marsh not being able to at least pop that ball into the outfield and tie this game was was just horrifying, man. It, it, it hurt so bad, and it was just like a knife getting dug right into your chest. And that it seemed like you're like, that was it. That was our last good possibility, our last real chance to turn this game around you know, and get, give ourselves that last bit of hope. And it went away. You get bring in Afflin. Afflin pitches a uh, a good solid inning, and gets gets himself out of a little bit of a uh, you know a jam per se. But then you come up in the next inning. Hoskins strikes out with for his fourth strikeout of the night. JT hits one to the uh, the the farthest part of the park that you can get without getting it out. You know, what a couple more feet, it's off the wall, and he gets a double or a triple off of it. But Chaz McCormick makes an incredible play on it, diving and basically jumping into the wall. Harper gets hit on a pitch, uh, like a curveball off of his foot. And then uh, Castellanos battles for the whole at bat and grounds out to the shortstop. And that is it. The Phillies lose 3 2 in a game that seems like this. You know, if the Phillies do lose this World Series, that will be the game we look at. Look back at, at all the different opportunities and chances we had to win that game. And we we really, truly just let it slip through our fingers. And like I said, it, it has been the bats that have let us down 100%. Uh, another game with 12 strikeouts. Uh, Romuto struck out three times. Hoskins struck out four times, twice looking. And Marsh struck out twice. Uh, you know, two, two at-bats, two strikeouts, one walk. Uh, at least he was able to get on base, I guess. But, I mean, your two and three hole hitters have killed you. Uh, you've gotten absolutely still, you know, pretty much nothing in center field for the most part other than the huck of a home run here or there. And, you know, at least Segura seemed like he might have been able to snap out of it a little bit because uh, he's had a rough World Series so far. And Bryson Stott is a, is a virtual zero in this World Series and for most of the playoffs, it seems like. So it's been it's been tough, man. A lot of these guys have let us down here. The ones that got us here have let us down. And it really, although it feels like the end of the world, it's truly not. We have two games in front of us right there for the taking, for us to claim this World Series, for us to turn this offense around for us to right these wrongs that we have created here in this World Series. There's opportunities for these guys to turn this shit around. Guys like Stott, guys like Castellanos, guys like Real Muto, guys like Hoskins, there, it, guys like Marsh, who won't play in Game 3 or Game 6, I'm sorry. I don't know where Game 3 came from. It's probably my last good, solid, happy memory that I have. 
But I imagine you, I guess you won't see Stott in game six. I, I don't know if they're going to go to Edmundo Sosa. I imagine they probably would, and they'll probably do Veerling in the center field for Framber Valdez, who will probably be pitching game six. And uh, luckily, we have Zach Wheeler on the mound, who will, you know, hopefully be able to bounce back from his uh, fatigue and, and him being, you know, dropped back in the rotation. He probably, if everything was even and he was uh, healthy, ready to go, like all the rest of these guys, he probably would have thrown last night. I mean, honestly, it doesn't really matter because you couldn't have gotten much. You know, listen. You, you you hold a team to three runs like the Astros, you got to score more than them. It's that simple. And those three runs shouldn't have even really happened because they were kind of, you know, it should have at least, at the most, probably been two runs. The way the, de- you know, the, the, the pitching went, the defense should have taken care of business. I know how, that Hoskins play, I'm going to harp on it a little bit, especially since he really didn't do his job at the plate. But that's a play another first baseman makes. That's a play Trey Mancini made uh, in the very next inning. So... It's been uh, it's been really tough and brutal to kind of swallow and accept how some of these games have gone and how the offensive has kind of just gone extremely quiet and just disappeared here in the biggest moments of the season. I know the Astros are a great team, but they are not great enough to hold us down the way they have. Now, Framber Valdez has been nearly untouchable in these playoffs. He's given 2-0, 19 runs. A 1-4-2 ERA, a under sub-1 whip, 24 Ks. You know, he's been nasty, but as has Zach Wheeler. You know, other than his one start here in Houston, he has been pretty much untouchable himself. 28 Ks, 1-2 record, even though, you know, that one loss in, in Atlanta really wasn't his fault. He's given the Phils 30 innings. Uh, you know, he sat out. For a portion of uh, the end of August, September, with that fatigue, that dead arm or, or whatever, the forearm stiffness, whatever they want to call it. And he's looked good. He really has looked good early in the playoffs. But last time out, I saw him throwing 95, 94. That ain't going to, the way Zach Wheeler pitches, that is not going to work. And you're going to need that 97, 98 Zach Wheeler for six strong tomorrow. And the Phillies are going to need to get the Valdez. They need to attack him early. They they had him uh, in, in not in severe trouble, but they had him up to twenty five pitches in the in the first inning of the last game, and they had him working hard. They need to they need to break through this game. They need to silence the crowd early, and they need to just take control back of the series because this series is one hundred percent in the Astros' favor. Now we're going back to their house, and they think this is a coronation and, and time for a parade. We, we have to know that we have to come in there ready to go immediately. Off the rip, be ready to attack these guys and attack Framber Valdez. Make him work. Make him throw strikes. And the strikes he throws, you need to take advantage of it. But it, it's just it, this has been a really tough pill to swallow, though, because like, that game last night gave me real intense uh, 2011 Game 5 uh, of the Cardinal series uh, vibes where that's a game where you are just there. You're right there. The The game is in your hand. You're, you're ready to just take all of these opportunities. You're hitting the balls to the wall, to the track, and uh, it's just not enough. Utley to the track, Abanez, you know, like those, all those, 
opportunities, good guys with bases loaded, striking like it's just a horrible way to lose a game and to have those opportunities slip. I'd almost rather get no hit where you're not even competitive in the game than be in a game like that and just be so close but not be able to to just grab it by the horns and take advantage of the game. That's just it's tough. It, it really. I, I hope you people can hear the pain in my voice because I, I I feel pain today when I woke up and, and and this pain has persisted throughout the day. Uh, you know while I've recorded these podcasts, so it has not gotten better. But it looks like Game Seven will be Ranger Suarez. The conversation is that possibly Ranger could pitch on the back end of Game Six, which is probably a doomsday nuclear situation, but. If you're not able to get length out of Zach Wheeler, then the Phils might be forced to go in that direction. And it's all hands on deck. You can't be saving guys for tomorrow when there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Shout out to Apollo Creed. But, yeah, you, you, can't, be, you can't be holding on to your chips at this point. you got to push them all in the middle of the table. So if they have to bring Suarez in, and throw him in that game, you know, in that in tomorrow night's game, then they have to do that. They have to. There's there's no there's no question or, or, or even discussion to be had. Now, if uh, that happens, and maybe you get a four innings out of Wheeler, and then you're able to get three or two out of Suarez, and and you win the game, game seven, it seems like they'd have to turn to Nola. He's next on the list. He, you know, he didn't go a crazy amount of innings on Wednesday night. He only went four innings, and, and you know, it would be somewhat short of you know rest for him Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So it'd be a three-day rest situation when you'd have to throw on Sunday's game seven. But again, you have all offseason the rest. There is no, we have there is no tomorrow, especially if we get to a game seven. So. You got to do what you got to do, man. You got to push all the chips to the middle of the table. So, in that situation, I guess Nola would throw as many innings as he could, and then you know I I, I haven't loved loved what I've seen from him anyway in these last few starts. So I don't know how to feel about that. And then I I don't know what they would do after that. I don't know if you could go back to Suarez. I don't know if you could you know I guess Syndergaard would be out of the question. I don't know if you'd have to throw like a, a Brogdon again or a Gibson. It's just that's a doomsday situation. But again, that seems like a good problem to have. Hopefully, Wheeler comes out and dominates tomorrow, pitches an absolute masterpiece. We are able to get the Valdez. We win. We win the game. We go to Game Seven and Suarez, it's Suarez versus probably McCullers, right? Because I mean, unless they're going to throw Javier on three days rest, which is a possibility, because given what McCullers was doing on. Tuesday night, it's just it's kind of up in the air. But I guess these are said. Game seven will be a good problem to have. We will get there when we get there, and we will discuss that when the time comes. So go Phils. Hopefully, we are able to see a tomorrow and see Sunday and see a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon parade and have ourselves a ball down Broad Street. And hopefully, these Phils can turn it around because it is not looking good right now. It's been a magical run. I would hate for this to end this way and happen like this. So hopefully we turn it around. So 
Let's get into uh, quickly, you know, Harden's going to be out for a month. He's got a foot tendon issue, and it looks like Joel's going to have to carry the boys again. And the Eagles were able to take care of business last night in Houston. Uh, not really much to say here. I wasn't paying attention 100% to this game. I was able to watch that first drive where the Texans kind of bing, bang, boomed them all the way down the field. And we didn't have much for them. There was a fumble turnover for Jalen Hurts. He fumbled twice last night, which was not good. But you get ninety, you know, seventeen carries, ninety-three yards from Miles Sanders. The line looked strong, uh, especially as the game went on. You got twenty-one to twenty-seven, two forty-three, and two touchdowns from Jalen Hurts. Dallas Goddard. I saw. Uh, I think it was Jaws or somebody. I think it was Jaws on uh, the midday show on WIP. Shout out. Uh, talking about how the they, they play a deep cover two in the middle of the field was going to be wide open for Dallas Goddard to have a big night. And he was right. Eight catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. A.J. Brown, four catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown. The rest of it was kind of pedestrian. Uh, Damian Pierce, 27 carries, 139 yards. Not a good look for our rush defense to be kind of gashed like that, but what are you really going to, you know, I'm not going to sit here and cry over spilled milk. Seems like Damian Pierce has been able to do that to everyone this season, so he really might be that guy. He might be that dude. And, yeah, the listen, the Eagles are 8 now. I am not going to sit here and complain or, you know, nitpick. Uh, I'll, allow, I'll allow that to the all, the all the other football guys and whatnot. They have a, you know, they get a couple extra rest days now. And then they will have a, another extra rest because They will not play on Sunday next week. They have the Commanders, then the Colts uh, on the road, and then they have another night game against the Packers. So those are your games for the next few weeks. But again, it seems like no one is really going to be able to hang with the Eagles or I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to be a favorite probably for the rest of the season. The next time that I, I think Jaws also said there's a one time, like one of the few times I've been able to listen to the radio during the day. He said Jaws was making all the sense in the world. The only game that they really have to worry about losing, you know, and obviously they might slip up or they, they you can lose any given game. They could have lost last night because it wasn't looking good for a little bit of the, that game. But this Dallas, Dallas seems like the only team that can really hang with them given their defense, and they have a solid offense, good run game. But honestly, that's really it. And there's not much left to say other than the Eagles are 8-0, and let's hope that these Phillies can turn this around. But until then, you will not be hearing from me. Uh, no, until, until Monday, Monday morning probably. We will drop another pod. We'll have two coming out today. Uh, this has been the Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. Again, we will be back next after the weekend. Enjoy the games. Enjoy all the college football and everything. And I hope to see you all soon. Go Phillies.